HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Severin with Greenhorn Radio, Young Farmer Radio for you, from us, from everyone, to everyone, and across all borders. We are united in our commitment to soil fertility and um, an edible hereafter. I am your host, Severin, and I am joined today on the telephone um, by Anya Kaminskaya, who um, is coming to us from Truckee, California. Anya, are you there? Yes, Severin. Hello. Hello, and I hear you really well. Nice to have you on the show. I'm really um, glad to be here with you. Yay. So Anya is now in Truckee, California, but she was until recently um, a greenhorn here at Smithereen Farm. And what we're going to talk about today, a lot of the, what we're going to talk about today is um, what it's like to organize a festival on your farm. And Great. Anya is an expert in this subject. <laughs> um, so... Let's first of all, Anya, introduce yourself, where you come from, and how you got into this work, and um, what you've been doing for the last for this like last summer month. Well, um, I recently graduated from UC Berkeley, and that is actually kind of the byway through which I became involved with the Greenhorns because I met you, Severin, early on in my uh, freshman year at Berkeley. And while at school, I became involved with the Society for Agriculture and Food Ecology. And uh, through that, that was my first stint in event planning and uh, organized many events over the years involving many local food activists in the Bay Area. And this summer, I came to work at Smithereen Farm, and I became the marketing director. And I also worked in the field and coordinated a lot of the planting there and um, Later this summer, U7 gave me the opportunity to plan the Watermelon Moonshine event, which was our final summer brouhaha here at Smithereen Farm. And that was a really wonderful experience because I got to meet a lot of the local Hudson Valley activists um, and coordinate a wonderful musical performance by the Rude Mechanical Orchestra. So Anya's being very modest. Um, she also managed all of our marketing for Smithereen Farm. She oversaw... Um, insurance and registering us for the farmer's market. She made relationships with all the chefs in the valley, practically, and giggled her way into all of their hearts. Um, <laughs> many of you young farmers may know it is a challenge when you're the new kid on the block um, to get the attention of the chefs and um, to wiggle your way into markets that are often full. It's and true. It takes it's, a certain kind of crafty, um, minxy 
uh, sauciness to get to get um, forward progress on this front. It was a really good experience to make cold calls to people that I had never met before and to, you know, have two minutes to present our farm, Smithereen Farm, in the best light I could and to entice them with our wonderfully rare and tasty lettuces and um, other vegetables that we were growing this summer. And um, I have to say that I had a really fortunate experience in that the restaurants in the area were very receptive, and we had we formed some wonderful partnerships with um, one restaurant in particular called Red Devon, um, which is in Stanfordville, New York, and also the Rhinecliff Hotel, which is right, right along the Hudson River. And they've been very supportive in buying our produce every week. And we made another wonderful partner with Hawthorne Valley. Um, they're a really great cooperative farm, and they have a young farmer incubator program there that just recently started as well. And they're, they've been our primary buyer of our produce. Um, and yeah. so we learned a lot, didn't we, about what we wanted to grow and what people wanted to buy. And um, I'm actually looking out right now um, at the foyer where we have all of the lettuce. Um, we, we grew this fabulous rare French lettuces, head lettuces, that, of course, I'm still very excited about. But, unfortunately, um, you know, there's still some education to be done on head lettuce. Here in the Hudson Valley, people really seem to be attracted to baby lettuces. And um, But the upshot is that we just made a deal with Ken Green of the Hudson Valley Seed Library to make greenhorn seed packages, benefit seed packages for Christmas. Um, people can give their families presents of seeds, and it's the seeds of the lettuces that we grew that didn't sell that are now, um, they went to seed, and now we have the seeds. So um, all is not lost, and in fact, probably um, we have more to plant as a result. Of yeah, that well, I think our partnership with Ken is going to be very valuable because the Hudson Valley Seed Library has a rapidly growing reputation in the Hudson Valley as well it should for doing wonderful work. And I think through him, people will be more exposed to um, the wonderful rare varieties of um, lettuces that farms like ours and other farms and other varieties of vegetables are putting forth. And um, Ken was actually one of the wonderful people that came and held a workshop at uh, our event, the Watermelon Moonshine, that happened last weekend. Um, should I talk okay, a little bit about that? The run shine on, you better run shine. You better give us the rundown on you. What happened? What happened this past weekend? Yeah. Um, well, I spent several weeks organizing a two-day event, um, once again called the Watermelon Moonshine, and the, the former half of the event was a wonderful musical brouhaha featuring the Rude Mechanical Orchestra, which is an anarchist marching band hailing from Brooklyn, New York, um, as well as a few wonderful local DJs, um, Cockle Doodle Doos and DJ Sean Pay. Um, and the next day was a young farmer-oriented workshop day, and we had Sam Comfort of Anarchy Apiaries, a wonderful local beekeeper, um, and Bika Conroy of and Bika Bikini, who was actually featured on last week's radio show, teaching us the arts of raw wool spinning. We had Ken Green, who we just mentioned, from the Hudson, River, Hudson Valley Seed Library, coming to do a workshop about seed saving. And that is where we learned a lot about how to save head lettuces, seeds from head lettuces, such as ours. Um, and did we have one more? Will you remind me, Severin? Yeah, Angelos. 
Oh, yeah. And then we had Joe Angelo from Angelo's Distributing. Joe is a wonderful local distributor um, specializing in all organic produce. Come and rally around the young farmers that came to our event and try and establish a collective marketing of some sort because, um, like I said, the Hudson Valley is really ripe for young farmers, and I think it's a great idea for them to all get together and figure out a way to market their produce and their meat products more effectively. And I, one, one of the highlights of this event for me was um, getting to know, getting to, getting to interact with all the musicians who came who weren't necessarily, um, necessarily like already in the young farmer scene and who were kind of new entrants and really, mm-hmm. really excited to learn. And um, we killed ducks um, together and plucked them and gutted them. And many people who had been vegan um, for 15 years or more were converted <laughs> by the experience. But yeah, I was I th- so thrilled by just getting to know the musicians and um, being uh, having the process be such a part of the celebration. Yeah, I, I think you said something earlier after the event, and that was you felt that they were very happy that we were valuing their artwork and that um, in a way besides just, you know, monetarily and that we fed them and we gave them a place to perform um, their art and a place to be appreciated. And I think that was really valuable for them. And like you said, the experience of slaughtering some ducks was also very valuable. And I think that's really going to be the, um, the entryway. Uh, small, small animal fowl slaughtering is really going to be the entryway for urban folks that are just getting in touch with their agrarian roots with our how-to, handy-do-it-yourself roots. Um, it's a very empowering thing to be able to, you know, kill a duck and pluck it and see it put on the spit and then later enjoy it and know that you were part of the process all the way from step one and that you know that the slaughtering happened in a very uh, humane way. Um, yeah, I think it's a really great thing for people to experience. So, Anya, you've been doing an event production um with us and with SAFE, and um, you, were, you were getting to be pretty skilled at it, and it did take kind of a lot of work, but what lessons would you take away and, and what would you share with people who are interested to, you know, do DIY um, celebrations on their farm, um, like what it takes and, and where they should really pay particular attention? Um, I think that it's it's really important to especially if you're making cold calls to people that you perhaps have admired from afar but never spoken to, to really, before you make those calls, sit down and figure out your little 30-second spiel to present your event in the best possible light. Um, I really like your bit of advice that you gave to me at the beginning of the summer, which is start with yes, and that you have to really make them excited to be partnering with you. Um, And if you're doing something wonderful, if you're, if you know, if you're an excited young farmer and you're really empowered and you know inspired by the food that you're growing, it's not going to be very hard to start with. Yes, I think. And I think the second bit of advice I would give is persistence and following through, because oftentimes people are just as busy as you are and might forget. And it's important to you know call back in a few days and make sure that they're on track with you. And uh, if you're planning an event, most likely you're not planning it alone and you will have a helpful cadre of friends to assist you. And it's important that everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows who you've contacted, 
and who needs to be followed through with because it can get kind of confusing, especially in the last final days where you're cementing your time frame and your schedule. Um, yes, it's very important for everyone to be on the same page. Um, and one and thing that we a really useful technology that we've been using is the Google Documents because then oh, yes. you can just look. Everybody can all look at the same database of phone numbers and notes about what everything is going on. I yeah, find and it's awesome. It's great too, especially if you're having people help you that aren't in your area. You can really communicate effectively that way over the internet. Um, and I think that a wonderful thing that we've been doing here. Um, as the Greenhorns is a follow-up um, thank you package to everyone that helps out with our events. It really makes people feel appreciated and, um, you know, feel like they're a continuing member of our process and of our growth as an organization. And I think it's really important to cement people's feelings of uh, involvement and productivity in whatever you're doing. Yeah, people have been – I've just been um... – I've been in Vermont, and we sent out some um, some posters and thank yous, and people are so excited when they get the poster. I mean, people have been calling and thinking. It's really sweet. Um, okay, Ms. Anya, now you're on the train. You left here like three days ago, and you're still not back to California yet. Yeah. Tell tell us um, what the train is like and where you're, where you're headed to do what. Um, well, uh, I left New York several days ago, and I've been on several trains, and I'm on the California Zephyr, which is taking me to my final destination is Emeryville, California. And I really, I highly recommend train travel as uh, a time to slow down and unwind and process, you know, whatever place that you've just been. Like, I've been at Smithereens Farm all summer, and it's been quite the experience. And um, part of my process on this train has been interviewing other people, my fellow passengers, um, in their train travel experience, and it's been a really great way to connect with folks that I might not have uh, talked to otherwise. Um, and when I return back to Berkeley, um, my friend Justin Wiley and I are embarking upon a program that we're calling the Institute for Sustainable Urban Agriculture, and um, it's a project that we're starting at the Gill Track, which is a historical piece of land owned by uh, UC Berkeley and it has been used traditionally for agriculture and then over the years also for uh, internationally renowned integrative pest management center. Um, but hold on, hold on. you have to explain that. What does that oh. mean, integrated pest management? Integrative pest management is uh, the study of, it's a holistic study of um, the use of insects in helping reduce the farmer's need and reliance upon uh, petrochemical pesticides. Um, it's all about examining the interrelationships between predator insects and their prey and the different sort of sorts of crops that can attract these beneficial insects to your field um, so that you can, in a way, capitalize upon these relationships and not have to use um, the pesticides that I mentioned. Uh, so the charismatic, can... the charismatic insect that most... Um, Americans are familiar with is the ladybug. Because yes, she eats aphids. Yeah, ladybugs, wasps, um, certain predatory beetles, spiders are all part of your helpful web of friends in the garden and in the field when you're a, when you're a farmer that help you. Um, you know, if you have a robust, diversified set of crops, they'll help you reduce your pest load. 
so you're going to go into this um, farm, the Giltrek farm, and mm-hmm. you're not going to study insects. What are you going to do? Well, because because this uh, the land tenure for us um, is so perilous right now, and it's also perilous for Dr. Miguel Altieri, who is a presiding professor of agroecology supporting the project. Um, we really want to involve the community in the um, in the saving of this land. We really want them to have a stake because we feel that if push comes to shove and if the university does decide to try and you know build some baseball diamonds or enlarge their housing facilities, that we'll have more support from the community and it'll be harder for the university to build on this really valuable piece of land. And so uh, we are starting a urban farm-to-school program with some local middle and high school um, students at, through the Albany Teen Center, which is an after-school program part of the University Village, which is where uh, many grad students that attend UC Berkeley live, um, and they're often families and they have children. And so we hope that by reaching out to um, our younger members of the community and by teaching them ecology and science and an appreciation for the natural life through the garden, that um, we can help to cement the support for this really valuable piece of agricultural land. And we hope to build some young farmers as well, of course. So this is a very big and ambitious project. Um, Indeed. Right in the middle of the city, um, confronting, um, confronting UC Berkeley in, insofar as their research agenda. What do you think will be the challenges, and, and, and how are you going to muster your pluck? Well, right now one of the biggest challenges um, that came up earlier this year, this spring actually, is the fact that um, UC Berkeley um, was faced with enormous budget cuts. And so um, programs such as this, which might have previously you know, been more supported financially, are going to be receiving absolutely no money. Um, so that's definitely a big challenge, and we're going to have to do a lot of grant writing and fundraising to help on that end. Um, also, we have found in our previous interactions with um, some of the bureaucrats at the university that they often say, oh, yes, we are very supportive of sustainability practices, but in reality they might not be truly supportive or might not really understand all the aspects of sustainability. And so it, We've already found ourselves having to pay multiple visits to the folks that manage the land to, you know, convince them that what we're doing is valuable for the university. Um, so, yeah, I have to say that financial concerns and dealing with the bureaucracy of the university are some of the biggest challenges that we'll have to face. Because, for one, they already have a, a built-in agenda of um, genetics research, and that's actually what most of the land is currently used for. So um, this is not an atypical posture, um, one of the wily, wily ninja with a, an intentional and an excited worldview confronting bureaucracy and um, financial insecurity. It's a pretty typical place for, um, mm-hmm. for young farmers. And I would, I would argue that there's something about um, the hardship of that, like the, the rigors of those kinds of big challenges and you know, similarly for us now moving farms and having to grow our infrastructure and there's a lot of kind of hassle and hustle that's needed um, to succeed in this in this business, in this sector of agriculture, but that the the pleasures are so acute or, or kind of profound, but 
so are the hardships, but there's there's something that um, there's something really exciting about the hardship part of it too. I don't know if this it's true. resonates with you at all, but tell me what you think about that. Um, well, one thing that we have here that's really developed this last year is there is a really um, growing student movement for um, bringing more sustainable and real food onto the campus and. Just in the last six months, we've had the formation of the Berkeley Student Food Cooperative, um, which is really wonderful, and have actually managed to secure quite a number of grants to start that. And uh, the student-run Victory Garden is in full swing on campus, and they're getting more and more land from the university, um, which is really wonderful. And then there's the ever-present Student Organic Garden, which is also growing in membership. I've heard from professors that are teaching the course that there is an overwhelming amount of students that are interested in the course this year. So because there is this growing sentiment of food appreciation on campus, we're hoping that with the support of our other fellow students that, um, you know, the tides are turning and that we can gain more favor from the university administration and certainly the other helpful and very interested professors that are on our campus in many departments, not just the College of Natural Resources. So you feel like the comradeship and the surge of interest and excitement will overcome the hardship and it will be a grand success? Yes, that is my hope and my feeling right now, and I think we're, we're really riding on a, on a wave that's just starting to build, and we haven't even seen the crest yet, but I think it's going to be quite big. Oh, Anya, I know you're going to succeed at whatever you do. Anya threw just the most fabulous party and busted her bustle all summer making fabulous food happen and... Every day cooking gorgeous, unexpected delight. So I miss you deeply, Anya. I'm thankful that you joined us on the show. Um, do you want to mention any websites or how people can get in touch with you if they are interested to support your efforts in Berkeley? Um, well, currently we, ha we have not quite a website yet, but if you do want to visit the websites of some of the other organizations that I mentioned, um, the Berkeley F Student Food Cooperative can be found um, at bfc.brickley.edu, and uh, the Student Organic Garden, uh, actually, come to think of it, I don't think we have a current, currently run website, but there is a student, there's a Google group that you can uh, join called Friends of the Student Garden, and if you just go onto Google and go to Google Groups, you can search that and sign up, and it's free for everyone, and if you're in the Berkeley area, you're very much welcome to visit the garden located on the corner of Walnut and Virginia, and we have open Sunday hours from 12 to 4 every week. And then there's also the Agroecology website, www.agroeco.org. Mm -hmm. Great and resource. And the SAFE website, www.agrariana.org. And also, uh, for everyone that's interested in food politics, there's a wonderful organization nearby in Oakland, California, called Food First. And... Uh, they are a wonderful, wonderful place to go. They have many articles and actions listed on their website, and I believe it's foodfirst.org. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you, Anya. It's really a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. Um, this is, once again, Greenhorns Radio by Young Farmers for Young Farmers every Thursday at 2 p.m. We are sponsored happily, thankfully, by the Hearst Family Ranch in California, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, or at our Young Farmer Mixer in Charlottesville, Virginia on September 12th. Please visit our blog for more information. Stay tuned, stay farming, and uh, keep it real. <laughs>